Hello and welcome to Lady Time, a podcast for those of us navigating midlife and where we bring you a mix of shared stories, experiences and the odd solo cast. Today we have our very first live event and I'm your host Jill McGregor and today I'm bringing back Nicole Rourke, a Dublin-based actress here in Ireland that I interviewed a while back. Uh, She mentioned in that interview a a piece that she had written called Gristle, and I really wanted her to come back and do a read-through performance of that for Lady Time especially, because the the topic is very relevant to a lot of the things that we discuss on the podcast. But before I uh, bring Nicole in, I just want to say hello to our live audience. Thanks very much for taking the time out on this cold wet Sunday afternoon in Ireland and uh, from wherever else you're coming in from Um, but it's great to have you here and I also want to introduce you to Lady Time's other host uh, that's Carol Fitzpatrick. Hi Carol. Hi Jill thank you for inviting and thank you so much for doing this it's great I'm really looking forward to it best of luck Nicole I'm really looking forward to hearing Bristol. Okay, so thanks everyone. And I'm going to hand it over to Nicole now, and who's going to go straight in to her piece. It's the luminous painting on top that catches my attention. And as I move closer, I see that it's some sort of serpent. The body is coiled, the mouth is swallowing the tail. Now I've seen this image before. Cycle of transformation, life, death, life, a shedding of skin. The snake that eats its own tail to sustain its life. This, I do believe, is the Ouroboros. Stretched out on top of a coffee table right here in the flea market in Dublin. Now who'd have thought? Someone put a lot of work into that. And a lot of paint. And it is possibly one of the most hideous things that I have ever seen. And believe me, I have seen some hideous things. Good sanding and a lick of varnish will do the trick. How much for the table? 25, she says. I look down at the Ouroboros, his lips locked firmly around his tail, and I decide maybe not to give my opinion on the price. Crouching down, I take a closer look. Well made, looks solid. Beechwood, that is, she says. Good strong table. Yeah, looks good, all right. Lovely and colourful. Be perfect for a child's room. I tell her I'm thinking more of a coffee table or put it outside, put a couple of plants on it. Seems she doesn't agree. Ah, no. Would you not put it in a child's bedroom or a, a playroom even? I smile and tell her that I don't have any children and uh, I think I'll go with the plants idea. Well maybe you don't have any now but sure you could hold on to it for when you do have a child. Wouldn't that be the thing to do? 
a shrug, a grin, the tight jaw. And inside my head, the calming voice, just leave it now, leave it, don't be starting. Shh, just let it go, come on, leave it. But then I hear the sound, faint at first, slowly getting louder. It appears to be coming from the creature on the table as he sinks his teeth into his skin. Well, you know, I don't think it'd be worth holding on to really. That ship has sailed if you get my drift. Now that, that there is her cue to drop it. But does she? Hell no. Not at all. Sure, look at you. I'd say you still have a bit of time on your side. Hiss gets louder. Teeth plunge deeper and a few drops of blood drip down the tail of the Ouroboros. It's a great thing for a woman to have a child. Often the making of her, I can tell you. Great for the whole family to have young ones around. And her mouth just keeps moving. Words coming at me. Pictures of her grandchildren on the phone. Lovely, lovely, ah, lovely. Lo Jesus Christ, there are only many, so many ways I can say the word lovely. Oh, now, the Ouroboros. He moves quick and he bites down hard through skin and flesh and sinew. My stomach contracts. Oh, bathroom floor, sharp cold tiles, wind and rain, wild outside. The sky is raging. Oh, pain that turns your skin inside out. There's no one around, all out, just me, just us. It's well before anyone has a mobile and there's no house phone. There's just blood, so much blood. And I wonder how any creature can bleed this much and still be alive. One of us is. One of us can still feel life force in her veins. One of us is clinging on somehow. Oh, there's so much blood. How can I not be dead? Is it any wonder they churched us? Is it any wonder they burned us. I mean, it's not that I'd be telling another woman what to do. It's more a bit of advice while that clock is still ticking before it's too late. She wouldn't want that. I hope you don't mind me saying. I open my mouth to roar, but instead I say, Anno, she your grand. What am I like? Afraid to upset her, cause a scene. The dregs of the people-pleasing genes still clinging on to my DNA, it seems. It's grand, fine, really. The Auroboros has been busy chewing away, but now he stops his tearing and spits out a lump of himself. 
He stares up at me and lets out a guttural moan. Such a cop out. Snake is right. I want to point at the table and articulate loudly words like hideous and crap and talented my arse and the cruelest one of all under the circumstances. I feel it churning in my stomach, creeping up my throat, sanding. Actually, you know what? You're not grand. There's nothing grand about this at all. When I say that ship has sailed, I mean that it has gone, left the harbour where I stood and waved it off to find other ports. She looks as if she's about to throw up. Too many nautical references, perhaps. There's no need to be getting all narky and upset. Sure, when are you talking here? Just chewing the fat like, that's all. Deep hiss, squeeze tighter. Okay. So you want to chew the fat, do you? Then let's chew right down into it. Let's do the bits that get caught between the teeth, the ones that really niggle away at you, huh? Oh, the Ouroboros is thrilled with me now. He's leaping all over the place, launches into a feeding frenzy, flesh flying, blood gushing. Why don't we talk more about the joy of children? And I'll tell you about the two I didn't have. The one the body decided to let go of and the other one. The one that wasn't viable. The one where I had to leave this country for help because for so long we lived in a place that didn't really care. As long as we could hide it all away and export the situation, then it didn't actually happen. The land of the anti-choice. Or would that be too much? We could talk about how motherhood is maybe not actually for everyone and how I'd rather not have to explain myself to a stranger in the middle of the flea market on a Sunday morning. But then here we are. In the sun, chewing the fat, just like you said you wanted. And if we are really going to chew, by right down into it, then we have got to be ready for the gristle. It appears that the stall has now emptied of all potential customers. She looks small, deflated, and I feel great for about 10 seconds. Yeah, I really showed her, didn't I? I look to the Ouroboros for a sign, something. But he's completely still. Not a peep out of him. She pulls over a stool and gestures to it. I sit. I can hear her breathing. Heavy. Laboured. She clears her throat. Do you want a chalk ice? There's a fellow over there who sells them out of a box. 
we eat our chalk ices in silence. She looks down at her feet. Look at, I've an awful big mouth on me sometimes. Yeah, me and all. And then she looks at me, right at me, like she's looking inside me. Yeah, but you know what? You're saying things there that we need to be talking about, open about. As I put the table in the back of the car, some of the paint flakes off, not sealed properly, it seems. In the garden, the wind, sun and light summer rain does the rest. The Ouroboros has swallowed every last inch of himself. Like he was never there. And the table? That lasted well. Good solid table, that. Beechwood. In the end, cost me a tenner. Um, well, that was very, very, very powerful. <laughs> very powerful piece. Incredible. I hope you could hear it all okay. Yeah. Yeah, we all heard it fine, I think. I think everyone heard it fine. Um, my goodness. Uh, well, that's what happened on that particular day when you had had enough, isn't it? That was, you yeah. describe it very I mean, well in the piece. Um, it, it's fact, fact and fiction mixed a bit, but yes, that's okay. more. Okay, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't a flea market, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Every, a lot of it is actually very true. I, there's a few, and I'm happy to, any questions about that, there's a few things I threw in that are not necessarily my story, but they're somebody else's story. But the, the experience and the table and the woman and the whole thing, that's all true. Okay, uh, that's amazing. So uh, when, it, when it came about uh, for you to decide to put the pen to paper, how could you describe that process a little bit? Okay, um, such a good question. Yeah, I, I, I was trying in my head to work out the time after and you know what I think actually happened was I made a couple of notes when I came home that day. That's what I did. I made a couple of notes and I I had to think about it. And there's been a couple of phases of gristle, uh, like anything, you know, you're the first draft, I guess, is you're telling yourself the story. Um, and I but I, I had the, the, the details of what had happened. I had them down. And also I had the emotion at that time. I was like that that annoyance. Um, about it but also I like the fact that there it, it the story like me and her found a we found a place to meet and it could have it's the moment that you go ah here I've had enough it's also a moment where you stay the distance if that makes sense mm -hmm. ah here I've had enough feck off you or whatever and walk away mm -hmm. but actually neither of us neither me or her wanted to end the 
the conversation. We did have the chalk, the chalk ISIS was inspired. I mean, that was her, her, you know, do you want a chalk ice? I was like, are you kidding me? But you know, that's what we did. It is amazing, though, at moments like that, sometimes something as mundane as, oh, do you want a cup of tea or have a chalk ice? You know, clearly she wanted to stay the distance with you as well. Did you talk any more further about it after that? Or did you just, was it that silent moment of having your chalk ices together? Totally silent, having the chalk ices, yeah. 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 I mean, we did, which isn't in the piece, as you got, but we did... I did buy the table and I did get it for a tenner. So we did, um, you know, she wanted, we went from the 25 to the tenner without even, because I said, I think I said, I, I said, or I think, she, I don't know, she was like, well, you know, and she's looking, I said, I'll give you a tenner. And she's like, done. <laughs> so that's how that went down. And then I, and then it did, it wasn't like that. He did disappear over time, the, the um, Auroboros. So that, all that's true. So yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, when you when you went home and jotted the notes down then in the afternoon, how did the process go after that? Like, did it take you long to write? Uh, were there many drafts? Um, you know, um, how did you come to like come to the place where you were happy with the piece? Yeah, um, I, I, I guess. Yeah, I definitely would have written it, I think, pretty quickly. But again, it, it's changed a lot since. So I would have probably overwritten it. There probably would have been too much. And then I start the cutting down. What I tend to do, and I'm trying to remember if I did it with this piece, I tend to walk pieces. Like I, 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 I read it and I walk it for the rhythm. Um, I heard that, and I'm not saying I'm anything like him, but I read somewhere Seamus Heaney used to say, I walk, he walked his poems. And I was like, oh yeah, completely get it. Because I think it's, if it's there to be performed, you need that rhythm of the piece. Um, and then I had a version, I did a couple of performances of it for its spoken word. Um, and by doing that, you by actually doing it, you get to see what works. Um, and then I had it as part of a collection called Tear Gin and, and Other Stories, and that was one of them. Then I did it as part of a show called Raven and the Crone, which I'd written, which the characters did spoken word pieces that kind of, they were conduits for stories. So that I had to actually edit it down. That was quite challenging because it was too long for the play. So I had to do an edited version, which I did. But then I kind of reworked it and it, so the, the end, what I have now is a mixture of the edited version and what my longer version was brought together. It's about 12, in and around 12 minutes. And I'm happy. There comes a point as well, you're like, better to be, you need to be done. <laughs> you know? Like I I had been toying that bit about the bathroom and the, the intent that I really toyed with that because it's intense and it's visceral. And I thought, no, it has to be there. So you can either just, not put the memory or put the memory but i decided to put the memory because i thought it's it, i think it's important that it's there and um yeah so but i did probably yeah there's been a couple of drafts and i think that's the i'm happy this is i hope my final draft on it now yeah well, it really really works and you're right it's very very visceral i think carol had a question for you as well Hi, Nicole. My God, I'm only just recovering. That was amazing. I mean, I was so moved. I, I still have the emotion here. So moved and, and laughing out loud as well. I mean, it's, I'm laughing. I realized, oh, God, just, like it's quite, yeah. 
it's amazing there has to be funny somewhere because it's yeah no I mean the chalk ice was funny and 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 a few things yeah there was a few things but I just was so moved I mean I mean that's what you want as well when you when you go to see somebody whether it's in a play or a spoken word or whatever that's so moving and such a short piece really well crafted really well written and really well performed and so Dublin as well my god (laughs) you know I can just imagine being there um thank you so much for doing it and you're so brave I I, I just love it Thank you. Um, just just to ask you then about the writing of it. I mean, do you find the writing helps you process the event or the emotions that come up with uh, like an event? I mean, that was an event, but I mean, it was a big process of losing your children. And yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, it's a great one. I think a great question. And it's an important question, actually. Um, I would say I probably do. Yeah. I mean, the just to be and I don't mind being very clear and open the 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 I'm sure like people, different people will find different places in it that resonate with them and different things and put your own stuff. The obviously I refer to miscarriage. Yes. And that is my own experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, abortion is not my own experience, but okay. I decided I wanted to bring that into it. Yeah. Um, because I felt like uh, that is many people's experience and I wanted to touch on it because I, I, it's part of our history. I just said it, it, it was important to so that again, but it's not something I have experienced myself, but I did some research or chatted to be, you know, I would always do that. But in terms of processing my own, yeah, I was at the point, I think, when that happened where I was getting so very tired. I was, I'm in, I'm, um, 50s now so I was so very tired at the time of I was in my 40s when that happened and I was like just tired of being asked I just thought oh god I'm so tired and I was tired of the the way we I would do it myself and I'd seen other people do it the way we tried to validate and it was so I remember a friend saying to me it was an aunt of hers had said to her please remember that no was a full sentence so somebody goes do you have children no full stop and then you let them do the work rather than go no well you see here I let, let me explain why and let me validate myself and so I think I when that happened I was I had gone through really a lot of the process of having children will I or won't I issues around it um my partner at the time it wasn't something he went and wanted so we it, it just it was a very it was a very very hot difficult issue for me and I was looking at it from all angles and I think I was getting to the point where I was like I think I'm getting to the other side of this and I think I'm I'm okay but you don't you think you're okay until a situation happens and then the rage you go oh okay (laughs) you know not quite there so I was getting near that point and I think writing gristle did help because I also you know what Karen one thing it it got me into great conversations with people Mm. who've seen the piece where they tell me their story and that's what's interesting to me um absolutely I love it I love that you're like I would resonate with the miscarriage as well and and that was very painful and um and also uh terminations abortions whatever way you want to name it it is part of our history and it it might not be something that we did but our friends would have you know we would have had people encounter those experiences in Ireland and having to travel so it definitely will hit uh with everyone but there's there's rage there's guilt there's grief there's everything in there it's amazing yeah yeah it's uh and and just and what you're saying there I thought that it was important to to represent because also I think that links into the let's not talk about it 
yeah. situation because mm. we because we did have this well it doesn't happen on our island it goes it happens somewhere else so it's, it's over there and I think as well miscarriage is certainly all whatever issues around whether people have or haven't shown there's often stories around the whole situation as we know and it's the the either overstepping over but over maybe when people are literally interrogating you sometimes um and I think like it's a funny thing because I had I did this at a piece at a an event and a guy I know who's an amazing one of my great favorite performers brilliant brilliant spoken word writer everything came up to me and he was just like he was kind of a bit itchy he's like yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff in that and he said why he said I think it would be stronger if you had a man selling her the table and I said well that's not what happened <laughs> it was a woman and he said yeah but I think you should change it to a man and I said well that would be a misrepresentation of the truth of it and I said and I'll be straight with you I don't get questioned about this by many men it's women I'm sorry to say I'd love to say sisterhood is all there go you go girl but it's not in my experience women are the ones who've been about children that's my experience and I can only write my own but it was interesting he felt it would have been stronger and more political and more and I said yeah but it wouldn't have been true I agree the man against the woman I I don't think that would happen with the man I I totally agree and um you know I I appreciate what that man might have been trying to represent himself there but uh no that was very real thank you for answering the question I hope I did I know I tend to go No, that's great. Does anyone else have a question? Would anyone else like to, or have a comment? Roisin, there, unmute yourself. Thanks, Jill and Carol. Hi, Nicole. That was absolutely amazing. Um, I was really blown away by it, like Carol said. That was so visceral. I think that was so, I think the fact that you included that piece of bathroom floor, I think that was actually, for me, the most powerful part of it, because you could, it was like, you know, we could really feel where it was coming from, you know, um, the the anger and the frustration and the hurt and what was being triggered. So that was so powerful, well done and so brave to include it. So thank you. I was really struck by, um, I suppose, that sense you had of wanting to make it. No, it's grand, it's grand. And then the image of the snake. I suppose I personally identify with that sense that women... Um, you know, being vilified for their passion or for sometimes their intensity. So I personally am often vilified for my passion, but really what people mean is intense. And it's 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 a label that's negative, that's given to women. It's not given to men in my experience, but it's something that's often been thrown at me to kind of make me feel bad about how, if, because I feel intense about something or passionate about something. And it was a way I think that to suppress women and I just wondered, I mean, I was thinking a lot about um, our two referendums, but particularly the eighth, um, when you were talking, because I think it's given women permission to allow a lot of that anger and frustration out and that collective shame um, and everything that has been repressed for us. And I wondered, you know, you said that Gristle opened up conversations with people. And I wonder, has, has your experience of that campaign and the way women all women of all walks of life 
uh, were so honest about their experiences. Did you find that that resonated with you? I suppose I'm thinking in particular, so I love that it was a woman and that you represented that way. I, I, yeah. I'm a mom of three kids and sometimes I feel actually that my friends that don't have children feel automatically judged by me. And I, I find that really painful. It's like as if as a mom, you're going to wonder why other people aren't mums and I never do. <laughs> never. And uh, I would never presume or ask another woman about her choices. And I, I find it bizarre in Ireland that it's like you have permission to do that. I think it's a very Irish thing. It's never been my experience living in other countries that women are asked these questions, particularly by other women. I think it's a crazy part of our history. I think it's wrapped up in the guilt and the shame and all of the repression. So anyway, just wanted to say that, but I wondered if that experience, I mean, I'm noticing, you know, the Joe Duffy conversations, all of the columns about miscarriage. I just think it's no accident that post the eighth referendum and the way the Yes campaign was run in a way that included women and their ordinary stories. And if that has resonated with you as an artist. And thank yes. you for that. It was amazing. Uh -huh. Well I would have, yeah, the piece was written before the 8th, actually, but yeah, um, but then I changed it, obviously, after when we had, thankfully, I was like, one of my good things is I, because originally it was that we live in a country that we have to export, and that obviously was true at the time, and I, I remember saying to a friend, I really, in fact, I said, I think I rewrote it before as a good omen or something, because <laughs> I was like, well, I, I, you know, I was very positive about that it would go through, I really did feel it would, it had to for this, and I remember the one in the nine, you know, I remember all our issues before and stuff like that, but um, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting what you're saying about the, the, the guilt and the shame and all that, I think it's all wrapped up, and I think it's it's that thing of as you have seen baggage and I turn shame into a perfume and I do an ad for the perfume called shame. I love that. Uh, yeah, I was thinking when I do my merch, you know, I was thinking oh, I'll have the merchandise. Yeah. I'm actually going to have want to have little bottles called shame that'll be have oils on them. Shame, guilt, which one? Shame or guilt? Or we can mix, you know. And I think it's the way my thing is very much the humor of it, but it's also it's like let's um, bring these things out into the open throw the light on them because shame and that can't it can't exist when you secrets and all that it's like let's shine the light and i think as well that like you said so many stories came up i mean it was a lot more than a referendum it was but it was a lot more than that yeah it was cracking open and i uh, yeah as an artist i think um for me certainly though everything like like it's when the personal becomes universal. That's for me. I give workshops in writing as well. I'm always banging on about that. That's when it's interesting. It's, okay. it can, you know, someone, and I've seen a lot of spoken word and I've only gotten to the scene maybe 10, 10 years ago. I've been doing theatre for a long time. Spoken word is very, and it's kind of like mini theatre to me in a way. I'm not a poet as such. I don't consider myself a poet at all. But I've seen a lot of stuff and I've seen stuff where I feel people maybe haven't processed it their own story enough to be there performing it I, I've gotten worried about people and my thing is process process work through it yourself then put it out there for people because it has to belong to people mm. my story is many women that story is many many people's stories and that to me is and and, and, and anything that happens us and certainly in, politically and with the repeal which it's how artists are going to reflect that back 
I saw amazing art during that time. And even something as going in, I don't know if you, I remember it was in the project we went in and there was filming people shredding the eighth. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was, I did that. And I had a friend said it to me, she said, do you want to shred the eighth? And I was like, do I what? And I remember thinking that is an incredibly powerful piece of art actually happening yeah. now. And look, I'm watching other women and men, men, men do it was so powerful. I sat there for ages having a coffee, watching people do shredding the, 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 the ape and looking at how they re responded. And I thought as an artist that, and the joy in people and the release and the upset, all, the, every emotion was there. Yeah. And I think to try and find a way to, ref emotions are kind of in the toolbox. So it's how to use them, how to use them without being over, overly self-indulgent where it's like, I'll just be here doing, feeling my own pain. It's not, that's not interesting to me. Not, not, a bit, not probably when I was a younger actor, I didn't, I didn't certainly didn't understand the power of, I didn't get it. It took me a while to get into my skin and to get it and go, ah, it's not about you. <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, but I think a lot of what you said there is so interesting and it resonates deeply with me. The shame and guilt comes into every single thing I do. I'm still trying to work it out. So. Well, well done. And it was so funny as well. And like oh, Carol said, so Dublin. And the chat guys breaking the ice. I loved that you stayed for that conversation. I think I would have run a million miles or punched a wall or something. But um, anyway, I thought that was a beautiful part of it. And in the past, I probably would have. Yeah. It's also, I'm interested in generally, generally, what happens if we stay in a conversation? Yeah, I love that. I love that. The hardest. Yeah, you know, and there yeah. are times you I want to run a mile, and absolutely, what yeah. happens when you stay with the hard, the conflict or whatever it is that, as an artist, that's what interests me. They're the yeah. moments of, you know, and actually the conditioning. Like, I mean, I'm I was so triggered listening to it because I have a hundred conversations or a hundred comments by my own mother, you know, that I'm thinking of, and um, the times that I swallow it and go yeah make it easier for her to just say those things because she's been conditioned to and I know that it's generational or the times where I go hang on a minute you know and then sit with it rather than just trying to run away from it and there when we have the most beautiful conversations is when I'm able to sit and it doesn't happen often but it is probably you know it's where you build connection and you you understand each other and you know you learn from their position and you reflect, you process your own. So yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Well done. Yeah, I agree. I would very much have that as well. Yeah. It's just, and it was just, I think that particular day I went, I hear, not today, but not with me. I'm just not having it. Because I I would call myself, and again, you'll remember from baggage, and it's completely true, the recovering people pleaser. I think a lot of us are uh, still in recovery for years. I actually kind of how I wanted I was jokingly thinking of a support group I made it up for baggage and I had it as a joke thinking that'd be the funniest thing a support group because everybody were like no do you want to sit here are you okay do you want that cushion everybody be trying to please everyone it'd be a nightmare and then the person running be I made cake is it okay is that okay? but actually they exist in the states I, <laughs> That's I funny. Like, can actually go to a support group for recovering people pleasers Jesus Christ hilarious but anyway there we are <laughs> But uh, Nicole, that can be your next piece. Why don't you write a piece on that exactly? I think I was thinking. About it. I was thinking of designing the 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 actually on stage as if the audience are all mm -hmm. in our people pleasing uh, support group and say right and really you know 
lose the rag and also because you know there's always the i understand these support groups can be fantastic don't get me wrong but of course the person leading them is always the person who's gone through it themselves so i thought well how does that spin out so yes i think it would be hilarious almost like it's a you know that the audience are all in on it until we're all trying to out please each other because it's loaded with uh passive aggression there's everything in it so i'm fascinated i you know yeah so fascinated does anyone else uh, like to ask Nicole a question? Um, hi, Pam here. I don't have a question. I have, I have so much to say, but I, I'm not going to articulate all of it. But uh, God, such a privilege. Um, brilliant. I went through all different emotions there. I was laughing out loud, and but I was deeply touched by it. And it's, gosh, it just such an amazing piece, Nicole, um, and just so many layers to it. Um, I, I suppose it's equally so real and so symbolical and so powerful. It's really refreshing. I, I suppose I, I just, um, I just could say so much, but I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just, uh, I just thank you very much. It was, it was really, really fabulous piece and uh i can only echo what everybody Pam, you know i did um yoga with you years ago and i did kundalini yoga with you so i think that's probably where the snake idea was born so okay. <laughs> that did come to I, mind i have to say but uh interesting so lovely that you were here here i think i was 21 at the time so we're talking almost 30 years ago but i i will let's never forget those, those sessions <laughs> you and me <laughs> long time ago but uh, <laughs> fabulous i mean on so many levels and i and i know i know my my daughter will, will love this piece um i know she'll she'll tune into it later she's how very old much is she calm. she's 21 now okay. so it would be really interesting to get the to get the reaction of that age you know different age, like just well, a different was, generation very you know? Yes, she was very instrumental and very, very much part of the eighth movement. And uh, she's a feminist and studying all sorts of global rights and one thing or another. So this is well up her street and she's got a great sense of humor too. So I'm sure she's going to really enjoy this piece. So well done and thank you. And thank you, Jill, and thank you everyone. It, I, but Nicole, a real, real pleasure and a real treat thank you very much thank you thank you so much pam and lovely to to be connected again on this this is great i did listen to your pod your lady time podcast which i enjoyed immensely um, <laughs> so really nice. i say nothing but thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you jill and and uh, hopefully we'll speak again yeah, thank you, Pam. Would anyone else like to ask a question? Any more? Carol, would you do you have anything more you'd like to ask? Uh, no, not at the moment. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And like everyone said, the emotions were amazing. Amazing. You you really and I think that the name gristle, uh, uh, you know, it's perfect. Chewing the fat, hitting the gristle. The Kundalini snake um, metaphor was fantastic. And 
and the gristle of actually getting deep and honest with people and moving beyond the people pleasing to go actually no <laughs> so well done the title, the title and titles can take a while because you got a name the title was just there i was like it's gristle i just mm -hmm. named gristle it was just kind of came into my head it was just like gristle that can happen yeah Perfect. sometimes the title will just go boom that's what it is so i'm and i love things that have one word if i can one word baggage type gristle <laughs> yeah. but i yeah so and i agree with you because it's like the gristle of life and it's not easy and it's not pleasant and we'd like to run a mile and we have run a mile we're all i've been running miles but sometimes you're like ah, no i can't run if i keep also i i had a I'm just there's a situation a while back where somebody somebody uh, i know i i don't know where i met her but she is a relation of a very good friend of mine and she made a comment about this friend it, it, it's going to be so great if she does have children and that and i just had to i called her on it i was like nah i'm not having it and she just was like and she's like what instead and i said no i'm not having it and that i said she that is her business and whatever happens it doesn't make her life any less valid which is what you're saying to me right now and i said and also i'll add you don't know my story but i should send her this i mean we, we got on it was fine but we did have that she and she kind of really reacted to it going because she realized that i wasn't playing ball mm -hmm. i was like and i said to her very firmly i'm going to call you on that because that's what i do because that's it if we don't call people and keep doing that no it's fine it's grand then nothing moves nothing changes and I don't, I'm very happy to be the person who calls people on things. And I love when I, I want people to do that to me. It's like, no, let's, let's pick each other up on these things. And not yeah. Just, it takes a lot of courage though. It takes it a lot of strength. You, and yeah. it doesn't make you popular sometimes, no. but that it, yeah. no, it's, uh, yeah. But it will make you popular with people who are, are willing to go the journey to that, to go to the depth of honesty of the real stories and not the pleasant icing on the cake everything's fine and it's fine whatever you say to me no matter how it hurts me it's fine and it's not fine so great well no, done i know i think roshi that word you used you used the word swallowing mm. swallow we swallow mm. and that's why as well obviously the snake and the, but we swallow until we go oh no done with this now there's only so much um yeah and just on that, the snake and the snake rising, I mean, the Kundalini rising as well. I mean, that's that's great when we get to this age when when the rage rises and we just give voice to it, isn't it? It's, it's, it's uh, definitely something we've become more comfortable with is like, OK, letting that voice out and going <laughs> and you don't yeah. feel you might feel great for a few minutes and then you second guess it. And I think that's yeah. a whole other process. But are you, are I you really, that. Yeah. You nailed it's like that. I wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to go for the one-upmanship. Oh, I've got one up on her, mm. didn't I? Yay, I feel great. And then, yeah, not for long. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like, I could have walked away at that point and well, I'm high status and now she's much lower because she upset me. And now I'll go home and sit with my upset and be right. <laughs> yeah. But no, sometimes, and I might make it, I might say sometimes make it into a saying, sometimes you got to stay for the chalk ice, you know? explain to me what I mean but on that Carol I had um and I, I I Jill I think we talked about this actually in the podcast we did on the byline for baggage because I needed that one byline you know what and it was like um the, the what little bit about it was about keep it really short and the last line was this is not a coming of age she's far too old for that this is a coming of rage and that was my byline a coming of rage show 
and the amount in Tala, we performed in the Civic and the women at the desk, they were gassed. They said to me, oh, Nicole, come here. They're, they're great. They're like, Nicole, we're having the great crack because it's so, it, like, so sold out. I think that sold the show and it sold wow. out very quickly. We got, we were full houses. And she said, there's a lot of women from Tala that were saying, coming in and they're like, we want to see the play where the woman is really annoyed and she's had enough and she's fecked off. <laughs> they're going, what's it called? I don't know, but she's really annoyed. <laughs> and it was so I was like brilliant an audience of women going I've had enough right come on <laughs> so brilliant you know, yeah women coming in I want to see the play and then there were younger women who kind of said it was brilliant and men and men we had a lot of men I mean and there it was like to see someone on stage and be allowed to be enraged and annoyed and to make a mess and it's all okay that you don't have to be the big strong brilliant woman doing everything and doing it brilliantly you can mess up and be annoyed and be raged that was um Roisin did you have yeah I I just I'm remembering um from baggage because baggage was amazing and that's what I loved was the rage I was reading a book at the time called rage becomes her and um I'll send you the link to it um anyway yeah I got in the secondhand shop but um uh, I'm I'm 44, so I'm like on my journey to midlife now. And for me, it's accepting my rage because, you know, you're doing all this yoga and mindfulness, but sometimes that can give you, you know, I'm a person that has a lot of anger and I have a lot to say. And sometimes, you know, there's this pressure, oh, breathe it all out, you know, be calm, la, la, la. But actually, you know, a lot of the time I'm suppressing or swallowing my rage and there's nothing wrong with my rage because a lot of it is societal. It's the expectations put on us. You know, it's that conditioning. And I have a lot of resentment about that, about, you know, you become a mother and you're supposed to be this, you know, calm. And as you get older, maybe you'll be calmer. And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of that about myself from, you know, lots of people in my life and, and judging myself then. Um, but actually, you know, I think that the conditioning of women, we still do it to ourselves all the time, every day with our yeah. pleasing. And actually the only thing that's going to change it is to listen to our own rage and express it. Yeah. And so I think that piece was so powerful. Like you say, those women come into Civic because it's like, yes, you know, please stop telling us to calm down. We don't all need to go and, okay, yoga and mindfulness, it's great. I do loads of it with Carol, but Jesus Christ, we're right to be angry and like, you know, women, be angry. Like, be angry in your everyday lives. Be angry about the expectations on you every single day as you are expected to do everything, be everything, please everybody. You know, it's bullshit that there's equality in our everyday lives. It's utter shit. I don't care how many referendums we had. We are utterly unequal um, still. And we're expected to be this beautiful, calm presence. Like, if men were expected to be what women are, they'd be so angry and, and full of rage. And yet we're supposed to be, you know, mother earth personified so you know and for me a lot of that has been you know how do I model that to my daughter you know she's 15 now you know uh I was always shamed for my anger and my resentment about things and um I don't want her to feel like that I want her to be angry including at me um and that it's healthy and you have to release it and let it out so yeah I love all your work from that perspective so thank you <laughs> Someone's got to do the rage, so hey. <laughs> As I say, I tried the light stuff. It's just not uh, no. 
it's um, no, it's I like I write about what I, I feel myself and what I'm interested in. And I'm really also that idea of even as somebody it was a while back, someone said to me, um, there was something we were talking about. And she was like, oh, I don't think that's very feminist. I was like, well, am I the not the, the right sort of feminist now? Oh, Jesus, we can't win. You know, she was much younger than me. And I was like, OK, I am a different generation. I said, but, you know, do not sit there and tell me I'm not the right feminist because I'm not having it. So there's, you know, there's layers. And as, as you said, it's like, I hear, you know, what is, we, it's like, it's all stacked up against us. We can't get it right. We just can't. So it's, it's that in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's just, and, and it's interesting you say erosion because I had to re I, for baggage, I, I, I had to bring a lot of rage into focus for me and then ha move forward, move beyond that rage in order to deliver the piece it's not saying the rage isn't there but i have to go through it in order to deliver that's that that's what works for me and that's what i believe on stage i'm not if, if i'm using stage as well for a therapeutic to get through something then i'm no it's it's not doesn't work for me because it's not that's not what it's about for me um it's yeah there i love that it's there yeah. to serve the piece yeah and that's, it's a flow with the audience. That's it. It's a flow. You know? That's so interesting. I thought what you said about processing it. I was thinking of Pam Boyd. I don't know if you know Pam, but Pam I went Boyd. to see her piece on shame. Um, and like I bawled at the end of it. But um, I just realized she must have processed all of this stuff. But like it was utterly therapeutic for everyone watching her because she had processed it and put it out there. And it was just an epic. It was one of the best piece of theater I've ever seen. Um, one of my favorite. A lot about that afterwards. Yeah, reminds me. Of I loved it. I was I was chatting to her afterwards, and I would say she's. I don't. I know her just a little bit, but I was totally blown by it. But you're. I. I actually would agree completely. She did not let that hit the stage until she was ready for it to hit the stage, and she's seasoned. So I think anybody who's seasoned knows it. Um, yeah. I. I and season doesn't mean a age aging. You can see some very young people who just they doesn't matter about that. It does the age doesn't come in. It's just, it's just a knowing. But I agree, one of the best shows, and a show called Shame. I was like, oh yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, I love that uh, as well, uh, Nicole. Especially how you go through that process. How it's almost like you need to be clear of it, process it, gone to the other end before you can perform it really in a pure way. Because in a certain yeah. way you That's need to me. Like, yeah, I don't know how other people feel about it. I just know if I'm if I'm on stage and like it's like if I'm watching somebody doing a play and I'm worried for about them, there's something wrong. And it, I'm actually worried about the person, irrespective of the character. Like years ago, I played, I think, I played Anna Karenina in 2000, sorry, 1998, long time ago, and something broke through, I think, at that point, because, you know, it's spoiler alert, but Anna, you know, Anna kills herself at the end, total spoiler alert, if you haven't read it, and um, so I was doing six nights a week for like six weeks, where somebody has to go through this, and I had a chart of emotions, I tend to do the chart, so she has to be somewhere at every point, and she has to get to the point where she jumps under a train, you got to be mentally together to do that. You can't be going weeping every night or you just, you'll fall apart. So that was really, really good 
training for me doing that piece and um, but also I just thought like I've seen um, wonderful actors and performers bring you to the edge of something and you know that they're they're really solid inside and that's why they can bring it that's why they can do it and that that's a real learning for me as a I learned that I, I certainly started off performing not knowing that and probably at times did pieces where you go here's my entire heart let me just give you all my guts you know then you walk away with nothing totally like shell ridiculous to me ridiculous I'm not into no it's like have a shower go and if you want to have a drink after the, or whatever if there is a shower there go and have a drink with your friends if you want you've done your work there's the show there's life that's it you know obviously I take things for a life writing is a different process for me it's a different head but yeah, of course. Yeah, because you're developing the characters and you need to go through it then. Um, but it's it's amazing to hear about how you um, how you can. It's like uh, Carol mentioned earlier. It's like a cathartic process for you to go through it, and then that's how. And probably, possibly, lots of writers. That's what they go through anyway. I mean, you have to put it down on paper. You have to go right into it. Nicole, it's absolutely been amazing. And I just want to uh, say to our, our audience, is there any last comments or last um, questions before uh, we close out? None. Any last comment from you, Nicole, yourself? Anything you'd like to say? I, I just want to say thanks to people for being here. And it was lovely to hear your responses and your own stories and the, you know what it brought out of people it's it's given me more food for thought which is great so thank you for that um, I thought and you, thank you for asking to do this this is a very new thing for me it's a really interesting so for and even to do a thing for on screen is like uh, but it was yeah thank you for the opportunity and it's new to us as well. This is our first Lady Time Live event. So we'll have to come up with a few more other ones for the future. It's, it's been nerve wracking and really great at the same time. You know, really, really good. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thanks to all the audience for giving their time and coming along and your great questions and comments. Um, thank you, Nicole, for performing today for us. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. It's a privilege. It's like, you know, we're having a very special, almost private performance from you. So it was amazing and very, very, very powerful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Lady Time live event, our very first one. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful and helpful. Please do share it with your friends, family and on your social media. You can like us or you can even love us on Facebook by searching for Lady Time Podcast, where you'll find our links and see what we're up to. We post it regularly. And if you'd like to share any private feedback or tell us what you'd like to hear more of, or even have a midlife story of your own you think may be of interest to us, you can email us at ladytimepodcast at protonmail.ch. That's ladytimepodcast at P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot C-H. Until our next episode, bye for now.